is the People Still Read Books podcast. It's probably not weekly anymore. You've probably figured that out by now. <laughs> it's probably not weekly, but it's still semi-regular. We've got a good guest coming up next week. But today, we have a special podcast. I like to throw out the word special every once in a while. Probably all the time. Everything is special. You're special. The guest today, hey, it's Tim Grierson. Tim Grierson is the head film critic for Mel Magazine writes for Screen International, and he's the co-host of the semi-popular but very special podcast Grierson and Leach with me. But this week, both here on the People Still Read Books podcast and also cross-posted to the Grierson and Leach podcast, we will discuss his new book, This Is How You Make a Movie. It looks at various... The best way to put it is that it's the book that when I was in high school or in college and needed to understand more about movies and how they were made and what things went into them and what and what like Maison Sin was but also what like you know deep focus but also and have examples of each movies I would understand how movies are made and how they work I wish I would have had this book cuz I've been faking it for 20 years and Grierson actually uh, has put it all together it's a terrific book it's very fun if you've read Grierson stuff you know he is compulsively readable in many ways and uh, this is about my favorite book of his. And Grierson has written a lot of books, <laughs> to say the very He's written more than me, which is annoying, because I've known Grierson, for those of you that don't know, who happen to listen to this podcast, Tim Grierson and I met in the seventh grade, <clears throat> met in the seventh grade at the Enrichment Gifted Program in Mattoon, Illinois. Uh, became close friends, uh, friends in junior high and very close friends in high school, pretty much inseparable in high school. And uh, we've been hanging out and being best pals ever since. And so uh, you can enjoy this interview to have me try to pretend I am interviewing my friend and then peeling away all of the shtick that we regularly use uh, on the other podcast. Um, anyway, this is the People Still Read Books podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Still Read Books. Email me, peoplestillreadbooks at gmail.com if you have an author you'd like to have me on, uh, ha- have on to talk about, or any things you would like to discuss. But for now, the book is This Is How You Make a Movie. It is out today, Tuesday, March 9th. So I hope you enjoy it. Here is my conversation with my oldest, closest friend, Tim Grierson. I am here with Tim Grier. Grier. I'm sorry, the publicists never really helped me with names. I understand. It feels very weird for you and me to be on a podcast together and I don't start. <laughs> yeah, it feels weird. Like I'm interviewing you. I have like Right. So I should say I like my it. name first and then you should say your name. That's the way exactly. this normally works. So but this is the this is the uh, to to mess with people's mind. This is the People Still Read Books podcast that we'll be cross-posting to the Grierson Leach podcast anyway. Uh but it'll be shorter. We always keep these to about a half an hour. So uh so know that uh so that'll be even more confusing for people. So but nevertheless, even though it's Grierson's book, I will be talking more. Uh, the book is This Is How You Make a Movie. I was glad. Uh, I have to say, before we get into anything, Grierson, this thing looks like a million bucks. If I may letterman you a little bit, this thing looks like a million bucks. This book. Th- thank you. I, I really appreciate that. I, I, you know, I can't take any credit for that. It was all the design team's um, 
efforts, but yeah, it, it looks really great. And I had seen mock-ups for it, but when it actually came to my door, I was really, really happy. Like you put all this work into it, obviously you know this. You do all this writing, you put all this work into it. But sometimes just how a book looks, it, it makes all the difference. Yeah, and you don't know until it actually arrives. And you're like, oh yeah, this looks fantastic. And I have to say, you know, I talk to you a lot. Um, so what was surprising to me how I discovered about this book, which was to say, I, I, I mentioned this briefly on the other podcast, but I had, uh, was filling up my bookshelf with books of my favorite authors or my, at least people that were my friends that I knew. And I was like, oh, I, I had to make sure I got everything from Grierson's. And I went in there. I was like, wait, what is this new thing? And this book was listed there. That's how I discovered that you were writing this. What, was that just me not being diligent enough in checking your page long enough? Or did this happen in a relatively quick time frame? I had not told anybody, and I it had been on the Amazon page. It maybe been there a month before. I wasn't checking it regularly, so I can't say for sure. But it was something that I was actually looking it up because I figured this might come up when we talked. And my first conversations with my editor about the book were about three years ago, almost to the date. It was like mid-March of 2018 that she actually came to me and I'd worked with her before on the Martin Scorsese book that I did, which was called Martin Scorsese in 10 Scenes. And we had loved working on that book and it was really great. And she said to me, you know, I have this kind of other idea. And she said, it's, it's kind of about if you were starting out as like a young film fan or you were going to be a film student or wanted to study film, if there was one book that could kind of tell you everything, you know, would you be interested in doing that? And at first it felt incredibly daunting, just the idea of like, how can one book encapsulate all that? And then the more we talked about that, I just, I've been, I've been saying this to other people, but it's, it's very true, which is, I just thought, what would I have loved to have had? You know, like when you and I were starting out, you know, getting into movies and we were, I don't know, 15 years old, something like that. Mm -hmm. What would it have been like to actually have a book that kind of like says, this is this and this is this, and you've heard this term and this is what this means, but this will kind of give you all these like illustrations from different movies that will explain like, oh, there's different ways that this, like these different concepts uh, can be explored in different movies over the years. And the more I thought about that, the more I thought... I, there's always been a little part of me. I haven't taught in a while, but I used to do some teaching and I have really kind of enjoyed that. And especially talking about film, especially like to film students. And so I thought, this just seems too fun not to do. And so once once we started like really kind of seriously talking about the idea, it's like, okay, but until it's, I mean, you know me, Will, like until something becomes for sure, for sure going to happen. I'm like, well, let's just, let's just work on this kind of in secret and see how it develops and see how it develops. And I got done with it kind of around, geez, March of last year. Then the pandemic happened and it gave me time to do some like last minute kind of rewrites. And so the idea that I've been doing this for three years kind of blows my mind because it seems like it's only been about a year. But yeah, I've been thinking about this book and thinking about this project for quite some time now. 
Yeah, the thing that I do kind of like about it, uh, among several things, I, I found a couple things I kind of liked about it. <laughs> and uh, one one of the things is that kind of idea. I remember, uh, just to get personal about it, I remember when you came back uh, from, from film school, we made our famous, uh, the, the Never Will Be Ever Be Able to Be Seen uh, film that you made over Christmas break of that year. We don't have to discuss that. All I remember is that uh, is the line, uh, what, uh, what do you mean you're not breaking everything? What am I being put on injured fucking reserve? That's the I line think, I remember. And by the way, I think you improvised that line. Uh, well, I'm, you know what, I'm, 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 you know what, it's a process. The, the, the key to improvising is to say yes, not to say no, Grayson. Right. Uh, but the main thing uh, that I remember you came back and like, you know, we talked about movies for a really long time, but you know, you were at freaking film school and like, you were like, they were teaching you movie stuff and I, you knew like all this stuff that I had not known and frankly still having not gone to film school. So don't know. And so what, to me, what's kind of fun about this book is like there's all sorts of terms I remember, like not only hearing from you, but like reading from critics. I feel like I had to learn just by reading enough movie critics or maybe talking to you enough. I had to learn like forced perspective and candid angle and and uh, you know and and kind of like the like I learned through context like oh a steady cam. I think I understand what that is. But like the thing that's fun about the book is. You know, you, there'll be this term or there'll be this understanding of how a film is made. And you've got like specific examples of not just the movie it's from, but the shot, like the, the specific shot or the specific part of a performance and so on. Did you, did, like, when you worked with your editor on this, did you come up with the ideas of we're going to do this thing, we're going to do this thing and this thing? And then uh, you came up with the examples. Did you, was that a collaborative process or did you, like, this is what this thing's going to be? I'm going to hit all these things and explain them accordingly. It was sort of a process, and it started out by me saying, okay, well, here, let me think of all of the kind of basic terms in acting and writing and editing and directing that, um, that would be important as basics. And then I thought, okay, well, how do I visualize these things? And so that process was, because with books like this, it's actually kind of getting um, – the photo rights for things. And so sometimes it would be, there are films that are not in the book that I would have loved to include, but because of photo rights and things like that, we couldn't get them. And so sometimes I would think, okay, this movie has this principle in it. Can I find, can we get a, a good image that will actually do that? Because like Canted Angle is definitely one of those. Um, there was a bit of a, ja uh, a challenge, forced perspective. Like the fact that you mentioned both of those, those were both kind of challenges in terms of finding something that would sort of work. And then other times it was just, you know, I have my favorite filmmakers and I have films I love, but I actually really didn't think necessarily about, I want to make sure I include this film and this film and this film or this director and this director. It was more kind of the, the opposite direction where it's like, I have to do something about screenwriting. So what are good examples of this? And me trying to kind of rack my brain and also trying to think of like balancing quote unquote older films with more recent films and different genres and filmmakers from different parts of the you know planet and trying to balance that all as well. And so the whole kind of big balancing act of all of that stuff uh, in terms of figuring out what would be the best example, sometimes going with like the most obvious uh, sorts of examples. And other times thinking it'd be kind of fun and counterintuitive to pick something that people don't necessarily think of in terms of this kind of thing. And that was kind of fun um, to pick those as well. But it really was sort of just like an organic process of me saying, okay, I'm going to work on this chapter and starting to kind of fill films in that would like kind of satisfy that 
lesson I was sort of starting to teach and then thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. And then kind of putting the book together and saying like, okay, so what kind of, what is this thing exactly? Like, what is it supposed to do? And does it, does it represent kind of a wide variety of different types of films and filmmakers? And so it was a bit of a trial and error thing. There wasn't necessarily a, here are the films. These are the ones I'm going to pick. It was kind of like what's available, what's kind of a cool idea and then just kind of piecing that all together. Yeah, I like, too, that, like, you'll explain this, but the, the key thing is there's something not wonky uh, about the book, which is to say, like, there'll be a moment where, you know, you're describing, you know, uh, what's a good example? Uh, you're describing, I like to say, well, uh, the, like, the rule of thirds is a good example on that. Like, a rule of thirds, that's like a fundamental foundational sort of uh, uh, filmmaking thing, but, like, each in each one of the three in which each one of the segments, I think the ones that use are certified copy. It's complicated and shame. It ties into like what it actually means in the story, and I think that that to me is what I liked about the book. On the fact this by Grierson, and I've literally unlike unlike you, I've read every word that you've uh, that that you generally write. Sorry, we don't we don't need to bring uh, other podcast gimmicks into this podcast. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, so there's I, no bell of agreement. No bell saying? of agreement. No, no bell, bell of agreement. agreement. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. But I but I would say that like one thing I do like about the book is that a lot like to me I I remember even when you where you were in film school and like I, I remember even thinking I gotta catch up with Grish on this shit I don't know how any of this stuff works but what was funny was. Like every time I would read a film book and every time like like I still have this problem a little bit today, even with like the film classes that I took at the University of Illinois and some of the things I've learned along the way. There's always I'm generally not a school person. I don't like learning that way. I like to make things and then learn what I did wrong and fix them. And so there was something almost kind of like didactic and a little bit like like hectoring and lecturing about the tone in a lot of these like kind of film books. Like they would explain things to you, but they always seem to be explained to you in a well, <clears throat> this is how this works. They always seem to have kind of that tone a little bit. And I think one of the things I like about this, and I wonder if, the, if the, that frankly, there's like a touch of Ebert in this thing in a lot of ways, in that like the way things are described are very much of a, hey, look, here's this thing and here's why they do it. And here's an example of, you know, why you felt this way about this scene? This is what they were doing in there. There's a really good one with, uh, uh, with, uh, before, uh, with before Sunset, the second one. Yeah. Um, about, uh, uh, and I think it was really good. Like the idea of like the sun coming down and the, and how that kind of ties into the mood of the movie that like, as much as I love that movie, I never thought about that, but that's, that's practically using, uh, using a practical example. And I'm curious, like, I don't, I never heard you teach, but like the thing that I, I liked about it was it felt, I remember when Ebert would talk about the classes he would teach and he would like pause movies a certain spot. And there was always something, even someone like Ebert who was, you know, more prickly than you are, I would say, uh, still, uh, there was a warmth to it like let's kind of figure this out together and i'm curious was ebert a, a thought in this sort of thing because there's definitely like a gentle touch i think in the idea of here's a complicated thing but don't sweat it too much because here's what it is and how it's used well i mean that's a nice compliment i i hadn't thought of ebert but it's funny that you point that out because i, I often think about how ebert was so good at that common touch that he had um that was so kind of crucial to like how he communicated as a film critic I didn't necessarily think of Ebert. There were a couple of things that were for me just talking to my editor about it. When I began the book, I said, I'm writing this for someone who's a teenager, right? And she said, yes. And I didn't want to talk down to that teenager, but I really wanted to think of teenagers know a lot of things, but they also don't know a lot of things and write it in a way that's sort of conversational for them. But 
helps explain these things. And the other thing that I have to say that was really super helpful for me is going to film school was was great and incredibly educational. I would not have uh, traded that for anything. But one of the things that comes out of that is that when you tell people that you go to film school, they often think, if you tell people you you went to film school and that you're a film critic, they will have certain negative assumptions (laughs) about you, understandably so. That you are, like you were saying, maybe you're kind of wonky or you're sort of an elitist or you think you're superior to other people in terms of their film opinions. And like my adult life, my adult writing career has been very much working against that idea and being as kind of conversational and as accessible as possible in terms of writing. And so I think especially for a book like this, that really comes in handy because I thought I'm writing this for people who are not necessarily my peers, our peers in terms of film critics. I've gotten some very nice compliments from some of my colleagues about the book, which I really appreciate. But in some ways, I didn't feel like I was writing it for them because in a lot of ways, they feel like, well, they probably know these concepts. They, they know these ideas. I need to talk to people who love film but don't know the language that's used to communicate. Like, what does this mean? What does that mean? And really, the teaching aspect for me is that there's a lot of enthusiasm. I get really excited talking to people about, oh, this is this and this is why this. And I, I think that comes through in the book. I, I really like that thing of like, let me show you how this thing uh, works, like like the rule of three, like you mentioned. And just this idea of, I'm not talking down to somebody, but I'm trying to explain something uh, to somebody was helpful. And also, as a friend of mine who uh, makes her living working on sets pointed out, she said, I love that you called your book, This Is How You Make a Movie, and you've never actually been on a film set to make a movie. And that's also kind of this thing I kept in mind, which is that like, a really good friend of mine who's a filmmaker named named John Baumgartner, he's a director, and I, before I finished the book, I gave it to him. And I said, tell me what I got wrong. Tell me everything that sounds like a film critic who doesn't know anything about being on a set. And he was invaluable in saying, well, it's not really this term anymore. Now we call it this. Or, well, you kind of explained it, but that doesn't entirely get it. And so all of that was... My hope is that there's a certain humility in the book in terms of, you know, the title is the title, and I actually really like the title. But my hope is that people will look at the book and it will be sort of a springboard for their own inspiration in terms of making movies or thinking about movies. I don't want the book to be definitive in any shape or form. I want the book to be like, these are tools and things to think about in terms of how you make a movie. But there are a billion other things that you can take from this and use your own inspiration and reject the ideas that I came up with. I mean, in terms of things from film school that were really important that I've held on to, I was in a writing program. And one of the things that they kept, like they just pounded into our heads was, you have to learn all the rules. You have to learn all the rules about how like script structure works. And then when you learn them, then you can forget them. And then you can reject them and rebel against them, but you got to learn them first. And so for me, the book is, in quotes, the rules. And then once you learn the rules, then you can go and do your own thing. That's at least what I hoped the book will achieve. 
Yeah, and I I like the way you pick the movies too. Also, there, it's funny having talked to these movies about uh, these movies with you for so long. Like, there's some of these that like I don't even think you like very much. <laughs> like uh, hardcore Henry's in this thing, man. I guess you kind of did. You like hardcore? I I hated it so much that. Uh, yeah, I thought uh, it was maybe. I thought it was perfectly okay. But in terms of illustrating, I think I mean it's funny that you bring this up as a side thing. I didn't necessarily pick the greatest films ever made. Right. I didn't. I didn't necessarily worry about they had to be the classics in some ways by bringing in some more recent films my hope is that it it just i mean that movie is such a perfect example because it really is right. like this is a technique and it's a technique that's being used a lot in terms of this the camera is the pov of the character and that's a relatively new concept in terms of a main character in a movie and so even though i have very mixed feelings about that movie that's a device, that's a technique, that's what people are using. And so that, to me, was worthwhile kind of putting in the book. Yeah, and so it's funny, too, because, you know, again, looking through all this, I do find myself, thinking you talk about writing the book for teenagers, I do kind of find myself going, yeah, I could have really used this freaking book in, like, 1992. And, uh, and, and, and there's something about that kind of idea of, you know, I, well, there was a book, what was the book that you gave me when I first moved to LA? Uh, Hollywood Education. Remember that book? You gave me yes. that book. When we, Big fan when we, of that book, yeah. Yeah. And, and and the thing about it is it didn't, like, nothing in that book actually applied to my life at all in Los Angeles. But I understood Los Angeles better after reading it, which I think was probably the point of you giving me the book in the first place. And one of the things I, I really like about this book is that, like, I find myself going – Okay, now like because I mean listen, no, nothing in this nothing in this book is I and by I think by design is definitive or all encompassing. Like the idea there's a lot of stuff like you talk about sparking the the imagination. One of the things that's funny to me is about this is to like there's so, listen, I watch movies all the time. I actually host uh, co-host anyway, a movie podcast on like a weekly basis. Like I spend a lot of time watching movies. I watch Tom and fucking Jerry. That's how many movies I watch. And yet there's still stuff in here, again, because I didn't go to film school. I'm like, oh, and I find this happening even when we talk on a regular podcast. You'll notice something that after you notice, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's totally right. I like this movie either less or more now because of this thing that I've no I've noticed accordingly. And I think what I like about the book and I'm uh, is the idea that, like, there's stuff in here that now I'm going to notice more looking forward, moving forward, without having – feeling like, okay, well, now I know everything about this. Like, these things are short. Each one of these sections is like, you know, three, two, three, four paragraphs on, the, on each one of these movies, and then there's three sections, three movies for, for each section. But I, but there's something, it's funny because this is a thick, rich book with, with, with everything in it, but it definitely always feels like you hit these topics and like, here, like there's a little starship trooper to it. Would you like to know more? There's like almost like a little click at the end of that. I think that's kind of interesting. The idea that like basically the idea is to get you thinking about this stuff. Yeah. I mean, that was, and that, I'm glad to hear that. And that's incredibly nice what you said about the book, but also like in terms oh, of- Oh, I don't like it. I'm just pointing it no, out. No, but also just like the podcast in general, in terms yeah. of like the observations, that's, that's very sweet of you to say that. I mean, it is one of the appeals for me for the book was they're not going to be lengthy. Each one is going to be a little like a bite-sized thing. And I, I when I first started writing it, I went into more of like the background of the plot and all of that. And then I realized, just do a little bit. What's the thing that you're trying to instruct or teach about? Um, and the thing that I, I have found so great is that, um, you know, I mentioned that, that peers and colleagues also like the book, but also just 
people who aren't in the film world, but like movies that are our age, maybe a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older, are saying the same thing that you're saying, which is that they're getting something out of the book. Because I didn't know like how how widespread a book like this would be. And it seems like people are getting things out of it and and sort of discovering things or, or realizing, oh, I never thought about that in terms of that movie or the way this is put together. And also just the, the getting the actual filmmakers' voices in the book a little bit and quoting them and really having them sort of, in some ways, I didn't interview anyone originally for this project. I pulled a couple of interviews I had done in the past and put them in the book. But I just wanted to have the filmmakers and the actors and the writers kind of talk about their own experience because I also didn't want it to be just my voice the entire time. I wanted other, like the people who actually make movies talk about how they make movies because I think that they're always far more fascinating. You learn so much more, obviously, about a movie from the people who make it than folks like you and me. Um, so I, I've, I, I have to say I'm, I've been very pleased and 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 tickled and touched that people seem to be responding to it because you know you know how this is like when you're working on something you have no idea and i've worked on it for a few years now and i had no idea how people would respond to it in a lot of ways i have to say i i was happy that we were doing this interview because to me like what the book is is really not that different than what i think you and i do on the podcast which is we talk to each other but i think we also just talk to the audience and i never feel like you and i are like talking down to our audience on the podcast. I, I am not smart enough to talk down to anyone. <laughs> but I think I think our I think our our audience for the podcast is very aware of the fact that you know we're smart and we're passionate, but we we just don't. We are blessedly free of that thing that we think that we're just smarter or superior to other people. And I think that the book also kind of has that. It's it, it's it's ingratiating in a way. That's why when, I, when the when the book actually came, I thought, see, this is a book that would make you want to open it and read it. So that part's already been taken care of. And I wrote the part that is ingratiating and fun and, and kind of breezy in there. So the whole package, I think, kind of works to um, give you a, a taste of stuff and then encourages you to kind of like go further, check out other things. Um, yeah, so I, I'm... I am really happy with it. I'm really proud of it. And yeah, I'm just so happy that people seem to dig it. I mean, you like movies. <laughs> and I feel like, like this, I would argue this is a problem with criticism in general. And I don't mean just movie criticism, by the way. Like the idea of, like what I want from someone that is writing about an art form or sports or frankly for even politics is I want them to like this stuff. And, you know, I always tell the story of, when people ask me about about starting Deadspin, I always tell the story of when I was in college, I'm working for the student newspaper, and I went up, I went up to this press box during an Illinois football game, and I and I just assumed when I went up there, everyone would be like, "I'm at a game. This is so amazing. I love sports. This is my job. Wow!" And uh, they were not like that. They were miserable, angry middle aged white men, like uh, irritated. They had to interview these players, complaining about the food and just grousing. So I remember thinking, "Wow, I don't know what I'm going to do with my." life. I'm sure it's not going to write about sports. That looks terrible. And I, and what I've generally found are the people that I gravitate to and the who's, people whose work I tend to appreciate are people who like the things that they're writing about and tend to actually 
show that in their work. And to me, that's what I think that is actually what I like generally about your work. Uh, but here as well is the idea that like you like movies. Now I've heard you talk about movies that I know Warcraft is not in here. Like there's plenty of movies. Sadly, that, sadly <laughs> I missed out. I missed the yeah. cut. Yeah. Uh, the first scene is not bad, but anyway, um, uh, that, that, that would be a, a, a camera ass perspective moment, actually the first scene of that movie, but let's not make you remember that. Uh, the point is, is uh, I like enthusiasm. And to me that, that that's one of the things I think comes across from this. And particularly what's fun. What's so funny is I like the title and I like the cover, I like the way it all works, but it's, definitely funny that like like there is something there, there's something brasher about the title than the words inside which i think is good i actually think that's a good kind of like dichotomy to have that because i think have because when you read the book you're like oh okay no he's just trying to help he loves this shit and i think that's one of the things i really like about it yeah i i when the title was presented to me i thought Oh no 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 no! That's that's I can't I can't <laughs> I, there, I I'm I'm not that person I can't I can't write a book that has that as the title, and just the more I thought about it, first of all, it kind of made me chuckle. Just thinking like having my I mean I'm right. looking at the book right now and it's like I I have a book with a title that has my name on it that says this is how you make a movie. I mean that's pretty ballsy, but I mentioned this in the uh, introduction in the book, and I, I just think it's true that, you know, this is sort of an invitation. And I think that if people read the introduction and read the rest of the book, I think they'll get like, um, it's not nearly as swaggering as the title would suggest. Also, I just think people who read my work in general or just know me at all, I, it's sort of funny because I've had a couple of people say like, Oh, so this wasn't your idea for the title, right? Because they just know me and they know that it's not my <laughs> way of, of sort of being in the world. But the, the more, because I've had this title in my life for two and a half years now, something like that. And in some ways it was kind of uh, helpful because while the book is not definitive, while it's not exhaustive, it was the idea of like, okay, well, anybody who picks up the book is going to think that this is how you make a movie. So you should better do a good job with this. Like, you better not screw this up. And so, I mean, the enthusiasm thing is interesting, I have to say. And, uh, you know, I have a, a friend of mine who says, like, sometimes, Tim, I don't know if you have the best job in the world or the worst job in the world. The worst job in the world, he thinks, is when I have to see bad movies. But even that, I enjoy. Even that, I really... There's something I get out of it. And... I just haven't lost it. I was not one of those people in film school who lost their love of movies. I'm not one of those people who, since uh, being a, a full-time film critic, which was, I mean, it was a dream. It was a dream of mine for a very long time. And the fact that I actually get to do it, I'm incredibly lucky. I I, I haven't lost the enthusiasm. I, I say this all the time. Like, I go to film festivals back when humans could go to film festivals, and I would spend one moment at each film festival going, I'm at Cannes or I'm at Sundance. And this, that, that the exercise of that, I always felt like was important to be like, there was a time when you were not getting able, you were not able to do this type of stuff. And now you are, and don't ever forget how incredibly lucky you are. And I, 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 to me, that's kind of wrapped up in the enthusiasm thing of just like, it's, it's fun to write about this stuff. There are a lot of jobs that are a lot harder and a lot more demanding. I mean, writing and, and doing that is, is difficult work too, but like, I love what I get to do. And so if the enthusiasm comes through in the book, that makes me super happy. Well, it does. Um, and okay. Last question. 
Uh, this is a question I ask everybody at the end of every every podcast. You, this is what number of book is this for you? Thirty six. <laughs> Close. This is number seven. Technically, number seven. I, I I co-wrote one book, but it's seven books for me now. Seven books, and uh, including the one that you wrote about the eels, who I don't really like that bit. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, anyway, I, nonetheless, the book exists. It does exist. I've done my. I've tried to grab every copy I can, but I've had no luck so far. Uh, but nevertheless, again, you know, I will say, I, I, I as, as someone that has a, a shelf of books by my friends, I have every Grierson book. I'm proud to report. Um, but I will say, like this was like I'm curious because this, like, all, I think all of your books are good, and I think they all look great. But like this one feels like this one feels more. I don't know culminating that I think like you've done written a lot of good ones, but this one feels like, yeah, this is the Grierson book uh, in, in a lot of ways. And I'm curious uh, the, the question I ask everyone, when you got the first batch of them, when you got the first box of these thing, uh, what'd you do? How'd you feel? What happened? So I got one book first. I got a solitary book first. And that was a relief of just like, okay, this looks good. Thank God. And then like a week later I got uh, like a, the box of books. The first thing I did was, I mean, this is totally corny, but this is me. I waited for Susan so I could open it, my wife, um, to open it with her because uh, she hasn't actually read the book yet. And I was really excited for her to actually take, to see it. She had never seen any of the proofs or anything. So it was like a a brand new thing. She knew it existed. I hadn't didn't keep it from her like I did you, Will. <laughs> but I but she hadn't read it. And I was just really excited to kind of open it with her. And I've written seven books, but it's been a while since I'd written one. And it's interesting to hear you mentioned that it's a culmination. I hadn't really thought about that. And I, I want and I'll think about that kind of afterwards. Because in some ways I, I feel like I think when I was younger and I was writing my first book, I've done three music biographies, Eels, Wilco, and Public Enemy. I've done two books of interviews with different craftspeople, cinematographers, and screenwriters. I wrote that book about Martin Scorsese, and now I've done this. And I think when I was doing them earlier in my career, there was the excitement of, oh my God, I'm doing a book. But I think there was a thought of like, um, so what does this mean now? And I think I didn't necessarily entirely appreciate it because it was all so new. I didn't know, like, clearly I'm not going to be a New York Times bestseller. That's not what these types of books are for or about. But just like they go out into the world and then what does that mean? I think when I got this box of books, I opened it up with Susan and there was something about the fact of, look at this thing. I, 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 I was able to appreciate it and enjoy it and just feel like, yeah, there's, there's good work in this. I'm really happy with this. Um, my, if this will make you feel better, by the way, Will. My parents also didn't know I had written a book for quite some time because I just don't <laughs> tell them either things. Mm -hmm. And so a couple weeks ago, because we, my parents and I talk every weekend, my dad said to me, so are you currently working on a book and just not telling us? <laughs> and I said, no, 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 I'm actually not working on anything. And he said, now you would say that, but you may still actually be working on it. I'm like, no, and, and I, I don't know if I... If I'll write another book, who the heck knows? I didn't know if I was going to write this one until it happened. I thought the Scorsese book would be the last one I did. And so I think there's a part of me that's just really like, you know what? I'm just happy with this. And I think in some ways that has built off kind of my writing life in general right now, which is just like hitting send and sending the thing out into the world is 
that's it. That's kind of all I care about. And if I'm happy with that, then everything else after that is just kind of, if I hear great things back, that's wonderful and I'm so happy. But if I don't, that's okay too. And I think that process of just getting used to, no, it's just the the writing itself. That's kind of all that matters. Getting the book felt like a physical version of like, hey, that's the thing you did. And who cares now what happens with it? Here is the book that you wrote. And yeah, I, I was just, I, I was just sort of, and this thing about the stack of them, right? Where it actually feels like, oh, I'm at, I'm at a bookstore. Because you see like a bunch of books in a bookstore <laughs> right. together and you feel like, oh, this thing about like getting one book is nice. But getting a whole bunch of them feels like, oh, this is like an official thing. It's not like a weird anomaly that I have the only book. Because if you have 10 books in a box, that means that maybe... 10 books exist somewhere else in the world as well. <laughs> but like, one, one, you could have just whipped that up in the kitchen. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Um, so yeah, it's, so I, I, it's sort of a long-winded answer, but it was, there was like a, an emotional component, but there's also this thing of like, this is the reward. There is nothing else after this. This is in fact the reward of what you did. Now, if you get things after that, that's wonderful. But this actually right now, this is the thing. This is the thing that matters. And I think as opposed to some of my other books, maybe this time I was actually able to go like, yeah, that's a really great feeling. The book is This Is How You Make a Movie by Tim Grierson. <laughs> I have to tell you, by the way, just really fast, you and I grew up together in, in, in downstate Illinois. You were with me many times in my life growing up where people would mispronounce my name Grierson over and over mm -hmm. again. One of the great side effects of living in Los Angeles they never tell you about, that never happens anymore. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know if it's a Midwest thing or what, but it never oh, – And it, so it's, it's Grierson. Which is funny because nobody can get leech at all right down here. They, they, all, they, they, well, you know, it's funny what they do. They always end it with like a lychee, like lychee. They always add vowels at the end that aren't there because they just give up halfway through. <laughs> See, I wasn't sure if they'd say like lightage or something Leech, like lychee, that. Lychee, 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 they, they always add, I, I, you can always tell that they just get halfway through like, I don't know what this is. It's not that it's like, it's one syllable for crying out loud. <laughs> it's like that other college football coach, except it's spelled slightly yes, differently. exactly, exactly. Like the, yeah. uh, like the QAnon guy. Um, all right, Grierson, the book is This Is How You Make a Movie. Uh, it is available everywhere on Tuesday the 9th, to, like today. <laughs> That's when this is going up. You can buy this thing right now uh, on Amazon. And is, you, is there a preferred spot? Do you, do you care where people buy it? Um, it, it doesn't make uh, any difference. Whatever people prefer, uh, independent bookstores, Amazon, whatever, um, it does not make a difference to me. So whatever is preferable to you. Okay, well, maybe when maybe when my thing comes out in a couple of months, maybe uh, uh, you can you, you can you can add, you want to you want to come on and host me then on this podcast. I I have mentioned this already that I'm looking forward to that because yeah. I have I have read your book but not the final version. So I'm yeah, it's excited. changed a lot since you saw it. It's funny you talked that you talked earlier about Susan uh, because my wife has she was the first person to read the book and she was actually very helpful in like fixing. She reads more books than I do, so she she was helpful in fixing a lot of things. But she has not seen it. In like a year. <laughs> and it's like she she hasn't seen it. So it's now she's just because we have galleys, but we are waiting until it's actually physically in hardcover for her to actually read it. So uh so I will make sure you get one of those as well. So you can know that that, that now there are space aliens. Yeah, I I'm glad that you took my note about the space aliens because I just feel like what does everybody love? 
Space yeah. aliens. Space aliens. And, and, and then the, the, the insane furry sex scene right in the middle was, I wasn't going to do it, but you know what? This is how you make a book. <laughs> you got you to put asses in the seats, whatever the comparable uh, metaphor <laughs> yeah. is for books. I, that's what you have to do. Um, thanks for having me on. And yes, I am going to hijack your podcast and ask you about your book when it comes out, That'll which I'm fun. very much looking forward to. It's very weird to have you ask me questions. I know, it's I, weird. This has been kind of awkward and strange. I, I, I think it's probably been awkward and strange for the regular, for the for the people still read books podcast listeners that are not Groots and Leech listeners, however many of those there may, there may be, uh, they they probably feel like, why is this guy oddly informal with his <laughs> with his, with his <laughs> guests? But everybody listening on the crossbows of Groots and Leech are like, wait, this is odd. This is a confusing and unusual to me and i'm scared yeah so, when, when are they gonna talk about where they can get their sh- where you can buy a shirt yes yes but this is how you make a movie you buy a book and grierson will pork you that's the way that'll work uh, uh n- n- disclaimer i will <laughs> unless unless susan's listening and then yes i'll be happy to oh, okay now this is gonna get personal um all right grierson this is how you make a movie everybody buy the book today today if you like this podcast uh either podcast uh you will love this book grierson thanks for coming on and uh, uh you ha- you now have to be nice to me uh when you talk about my book on there i'll be happy to do that thanks for having me on oh.